interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. We're rolling right, right through the fall on the cusp of winter. And uh, and we've been preempted a few times here uh, because of football. But hey, you know me. I love my football. I love my pregame. And so uh, whether whether it's a friendly fire Saturday or a Husker pregame Saturday, you just keep uh, keep that dial soldered, as us old baby boomers say, when we knew what soldering was. Uh, <laughs> keep it so- soldered to fourteen hundred, or actually now to ninety nine three. Uh, K-L-I-N. It's really fun to have uh, an old friend in the studio today who we we could talk about all kinds of things, but we're going to talk mostly about Chamber of Commerce and running. And I've got with me today, Chris Whitney from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Stu. It's good to be back with you and uh, back in the former stopping grounds for sure. I tell you, that's how long ago was that? That was a that was a stretch back. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe it's already been about about nine or ten years uh, since yeah. uh, since my time here, which was uh, filled with lots of great uh, great times over the yeah. about ten years that I was here. But uh, yeah, it's always, it's always nice to come home, as they say. Uh, that's correct, and uh, and I I know that in those as you were transitioning out of broadcast house, you were not only transitioning into a different career, but you were transitioning into marriage. That's right. It was a very busy time. If you go back to about May of 2018, actually, we'll, we'll go with April of 2018, uh-huh. um, had been working for uh, New Shell, Nebraska, working with Mike Flood, gave me a great opportunity, was there for mm-hmm. about three years or so, but yep. uh, just kind of time to look for something else, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, get something a little closer to home. And so I started working for the chamber in April of 2018. Got married a few weeks after that. Then we bought our first house a few weeks after that and moved in in July. So it was a pretty hectic stretch there in that yeah. part of 2018, but all good. So are you domesticated yet? Well, uh, you, been, uh, you, you know. Properly trained? Yes, Lindsay had, had done that even before <laughs> marriage. But uh, yes, yeah, certainly now that uh, we're, we're five years into the, this journey, it's, uh, yes. that's, that's definitely still been the case. Oh, that's great. You know, the, as, as one who's been married now 40 years. Congratulations. You got a lot, you got a lot to look forward to. But our our wives always make us better people. They definitely do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know we'll talk about this later with, with running and everything, but, um, you know, she's a big part of why I can run. Not my inspiration necessarily, yeah. although in some ways, but, um, you know, it really is a team effort as far as that goes, something yeah. you don't think about, just the time put into it, the effort. Yeah. Um, when I had an injury, she was very integral and, in, you know, helping me through that and yeah. getting me back on the road to running too. So, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about all those things. The uh, but uh, let's start with uh, your what's your uh, again your your job title is a communications director communications coordinator, coordinator. at the Lincoln okay. Chamber of Commerce. So yep, I get to work with the fine folks here in the newsroom and others across the you know our area and just kind of yeah. help um, you know help our organizations, not just the chamber, but the partnership for economic developments. Visit Lincoln uh, Lincoln mm-hmm. Young Professionals Group. Really tell us stories of what we're doing on behalf of our members and uh, just to try and make Lincoln a better place to live, work, and play. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, the, the chamber is involved in all kinds of things, but they're, uh, it seemed like one of the big things lately was this kind of strategic direction and maybe yes. a convention center and so forth. And, and what, uh, what, um, what's, the, what's the latest on some of that? So some of that is still kind of obviously in progress. It's part of our what's called our Vitality Lincoln plan. Mm. And so I think a lot of this was kind of taken from some of the successes of previous groups, uh, Vision 2015, 
some of those that looked at the big picture for Lincoln. What does Lincoln need to, A, just grow, be able to keep the, the positive momentum of our city going, you know, having bigger population, having more businesses here, more opportunities for people. But, um, you know, also what's, you know, what might come up here in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And so this is really just kind of a plan to look at some of those things, um, find out, you know, what we excel at here in Lincoln, which thankfully is a lot of very good things. We do well in a lot of different areas, but not only that, but what we can improve on too in the years to come to, uh, you know, maybe help uh, bring more events here. That's where the convention center comes in and uh, just really kind of create that vibrance and balanced growth that uh, Lincoln's enjoyed for so many years. Yeah, there, uh, there, uh, some of the things that are currently. I, I, I thought I heard that they had broken ground on the youth uh, sports uh, complex. Yes. And that in, in North, uh, Northwest Lincoln? That's correct. And in fact, I just drove by it uh, the other day, um, you know, have been for a little while. And so the dirt's been moved out there. The groundbreaking was in August, last week of August. But yeah, Sandhills Global Youth Complex is going to be great. Baseball, softball place uh, wow. to attract tournaments, uh, future home of Nebraska Wesleyan softball and baseball oh, really? teams as well. And uh, right now, uh, construction will kind of continue into next year. And then hopefully things will be completed 2025 and start mm -hmm. talking about tournaments and bringing events here. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the questions that people uh, ask me fairly regularly, if, if, they've, if they've been away and then they come back, the, all the development related to downtown is just, you know, it's just going crazy. And and I know a lot of it, some of it's rentals, some of it's ownership, and then some of it's like, you know, hotel uh, hotels and things like that. Uh, how one of the questions that comes to me once in a while is just like about so much is happening. Is there a risk of overbuilding uh, downtown? And, and does the how much does the chamber kind of weigh in on those kinds of thoughts in terms of this? the strategy of what we're trying to accomplish downtown. You know, I think that is something that's, uh, that's obviously been considered over the years. And um, yeah, downtown does look a lot different. I mean, I see it on my, my drive-in every single day, just as thousands of other folks do. But yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing to keep in mind is just, uh, you know, kind of how the planning has gone for this and how everything has sort of evolved. It is really targeting that, that balanced growth. The, the hope is to not build too quickly, to mm. not have you know, maybe too many roads closed at the same time or have too many businesses yeah. put out at that time or displace too many residents if it comes to that. But yeah. just to really be able to kind of look at a few projects, kind of make that measured statements, uh, you know, make those measured statements and figure out where's the best fit for X, maybe where's the best fit for Y. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it does look a lot different maybe downtown <laughs> does than it, it would have even a year ago at this yeah. point the skyline is certainly changing and evolving and there's obviously projects that are still yet to come to fruition and get the final go-ahead but yeah it's just i think as you you look you know i referenced this earlier the vision 2015 group really um what some of lincoln's peer cities have going for them is that they have strong and vibrant downtowns, and that's included some of this growth that's gone on, whether it's been having you know, an anchor tenant like an arena, having an mm -hmm. entertainment area like the rail yard, or having retail yeah. or things like that. It's kind of finding the right combination of all mm -hmm. of those things. And so I think that um, you know, as the build-out continues, there'll certainly be lots of different options. You're seeing it with the expansion maybe to the South Haymarket. So you're looking at some renovation of some existing buildings in the downtown area and in the Haymarket as well. So mm -hmm. I think the combination is pretty good right now, but uh, yeah, obviously you don't want to grow too quickly, too fast. Yeah, yeah. There and now my understanding was too that there's some work being done on uh, some kind of a green space, kind of near the rail yard. 
Is that uh, is that moving ahead? Yeah, yeah. So just I believe that's the you're referencing kind of to the south of the rail yard there, gotcha. kind of okay. in that area. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, as that build out continues, um, there's just some really really interesting spaces there. Um, including like a zone for food trucks, I think, is where that um, oh. kind of all fits in. And so that was kicked off earlier this year, um, just kind of exploring some new opportunities because those are the areas where, you know, Lincoln can grow um, mm-hmm. in that particular area and where there can be some of those opportunities. And I think mm-hmm. one of those things that maybe has come back around full circle um, when you talk about city planning and things of that nature is, yeah, people want to have more green spaces. They want to have some spots where they can take their family or, you know, maybe just enjoy lunch on a nice day. We don't get uh, maybe uh, the San Diego weather all that often, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it happens, you, you want to be able to take advantage yeah. of it. You know, by the way, we, uh, we, we were the San Diego of the Big Ten. That's kind of been put. Uh, that's that's something we can retire. I now, think <laughs> now actually Los Angeles is the San Diego of the Big Ten, which so maybe they're not a big fan of that. Who knows? But I guess technically <laughs> speaking, that would be just about correct. <laughs> that's uh, I always thought that was hilarious. We are the furthest south, the furthest west, but not anymore. It's going to be like the the former uh, saying for the British Empire: the sun never sets on the British Empire. The uh-huh. sun will will never set on the Big Ten Conference. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, Actually, that's a really good point. That's uh, uh, and it'll be interesting too. To uh, the, uh, I think I think people from Nebraska always love to travel, you know, to the coast. But are they gonna, you know, hey, this is gonna be their closest away game, other than Pac-12 country or whatever. So. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of those folks uh, visiting Lincoln for the first time. I think so. And we've had UCLA, USC here in years past, uh, actually Oregon and Washington too, you know, outside of a few years. And so it'll be interesting. I think that, you know, there's a lot of us, include, yours truly included, in that um, in that ballpark that really appreciated, so maybe not the time necessarily, but really enjoyed those trips over to Ames or to Manhattan, yeah, Kansas yeah. or Lawrence, Kansas, where you could go down, take in a game and be back and, and watch the night game. If it was, you know, yeah. an 11 o'clock kickoff or a 2.30 or something like that. Yeah. Those days are kind of gone. I think it's just emblematic of college sports and just how things are. But, yeah. um, you know, Nebraska seems to be pretty well positioned with it and yeah. we'll welcome visitors from wherever. <laughs> yes, we will. Absolutely. I'm going to take our first break, and uh, then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more Chamber of Commerce, and eventually we're going to have to talk a little bit of running Ooh, because I'm I know that's, uh, that's, that's your deal, right? I, I, yeah, one of my deals, that's and for sure. Yeah, you, you got a lot of deals, but that's one of the deals. <laughs> I'm talking with Chris Whitney today, he's with the Chamber of Commerce, but so much more. And uh, so we're going we're gonna, to, uh, gonna, in the words of the famous John Baylor, we're going to have an Ottoman Empire uh, program here. We'll be all over the map. Uh, how was that for a Baylor impression? That, I'd give it a solid B. That was good. Okay, B, B. B for Baylor. We'll go I'll, with that. I'll, I'll go for that. That's hey. That's not a D. Uh, it's a friendly fire Saturday talking with Chris Whitney today, and glad to have you along. Uh, you're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with Chris Whitney here from the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, in the previous segment, you referenced uh, something I'm always curious about. You referenced uh, peer cities. Yes. And so uh, I, for a lot of us, we don't like, well, who would you, what cities would you compare Lincoln to? And certainly not Kansas City is too big. Even Omaha is, is, is too big, probably. They're like three times our size. What, when the chamber is like looking at these kinds of questions, what are, what are some of the go-to cities that still, still seem to be considered a peer city? I think it falls into a couple of different areas. Um, you certainly look at population, yeah. uh, college towns that are similar to Lincoln, um, also ones that are kind of going through the same things that Lincoln are, looking at um, you know the economic opportunities, um, where the growth can happen, and uh, mm -hmm. where the growth has happened previously. And so, mm -hmm. one thing that we've we've kind of gone through, at least with the the convention center study, which was done um, last year and continues to be kind of a guide as far as that uh, goes. Um, looking at cities like Lansing, Michigan, big college okay. town, of course. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe not necessarily Louisville, Kentucky, but um, you know, kind of similar cities to that. Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, that area. Um, you know, Des Moines is considered a peer city. Sioux Falls, oh, South okay. Dakota. Even looking at something like a Boulder, Colorado, Madison, Wisconsin. So, um, okay. You know, kind of some different. Uh, you know, college town certainly is is a big focus there, but uh, you know, not really limited to one area or another. But mm -hmm. those are kind of the most popular ones that sort to come up yeah and i suppose the further you get away from if you get on a coast you're gonna get a kind of a pretty huge cost of living uh differential yeah and that and that's very true i think a lot of it yeah as, as i'd mentioned is just kind of those similar college-sized towns and cities but as you're making reference to right now yeah it is a lot about the cost of living so you're going to get a lot of midwestern cities on there um, you know, are they very accessible? They have a lot of the same industries. Um, Lincoln mm -hmm. is pretty diverse as far as a lot of the industries are concerned. Uh, very heavy with manufacturing, uh, state governments, certainly federal government as well. Um, and then also the medical fields. And so you, you start yeah. to look about that. Fargo, North Dakota is another one that kind of pops up. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of, uh, you know, figuring out what these cities have in common and, uh, you know, where they look to go going forward. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking about in the previous section about the, the sports complexes and everything. I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, I, I'm assuming it's a private work uh, on, uh, on, off of Highway 77 there. Uh, there's, uh, there were some ball fields and they're like doing a huge redo of that. And I didn't know if that's anything that the chamber is involved in or, or, or knows about or if that's just strictly a private thing. But it's like ball fields are... <laughs> happening everywhere. They really are. I believe you're referencing the Optimus Complex oh, yes. that yes, are down it. there. And so yeah. those have been around for a little while. And so not only with the Optimus Complex, but we've seen this previously with mm -hmm. uh, the Lincoln Sports Foundation, which is out where it used to be known as Abbott Sports Complex out there on 70th Street. Big renovation there, uh, certainly mm. with the Optimus there um, and some others, you know. And so Lincoln really has a, a nice offering of you know, youth sports facilities and facilities that can be used to host big tournaments. We see it with the Cornhusker State Games. We saw it a few years ago. I mm -hmm. believe it's already 
uh, state games of uh, state games of America, which were hosted here. I think it's uh, 2010 or 2015. I get the the date wrong on that. It was a little before my time with the chamber. I was here <laughs> yeah. at KLIN, so I should know that. Yeah. Um, but so the the point is that there are a lot of different places where mm-hmm. um, you know people that are coming here in Lincoln or that live in Lincoln kind of have those recreational outlets um, where teams come in, you know, from outstate Nebraska and the area to come in for these tournaments. And yeah, those are areas. There's there's a lot of development because you're seeing. Areas around Omaha, uh, the Gretna area, certainly Papillion, even a new complex that's going out near Valley, um, you know, just west of Omaha. There's a lot mm. of money in youth oh, sports and youth yeah. facilities of this nature. And so, um, you know, it's it's maybe not quite on the scale as the, the arms race, so to speak, with, uh, you know, college athletics and what we've yeah. seen kind of transform over the last 15 to 20 years. But it's getting to that point. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Valley. I'm- I'm not even sure I know where Valley is. Just is take it? Highway 275 west out of Omaha. And it's uh, a little closer to Omaha, but if you go toward Fremont, it's kind of in that way. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're, um, back, circling back to the convention center, um, I mean, obviously, uh, well, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I, I think of, uh, you know, my denomination has conventions that usually run a couple thousand people or something like that, mm-hmm. two to three thousand. What's, how... If if we did get a convention center, is there a, is there a target for a number where we're trying to say, hey, we can accommodate groups up to uh, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, or anything, or is that something that's still being developed? I think it's still to be determined. It just depends on where the the ultimate plans end up with the mm-hmm. capacity and kind of the the architecture, if you will, for the yeah. convention center as well. But I think one of the biggest things with Vitality Lincoln and certainly the the CSL study, which was commissioned is uh, establishing the fact that there is a need and there mm-hmm. is a need that's being unmet currently in Lincoln. And so mm-hmm. that was established with both of these kind of uh, you know studies as far as the vitality plan and then the CSL study was that, yes, Lincoln does have capacity to do this. We, you know, in our office in Visit Lincoln, we talk to groups that want to come here. They need mm-hmm. X amount of capacity and they might not have that ability. We might not have the ability, whether it's a, you know just a scheduling thing, whether it's a space requirements or a combination of both. And so mm-hmm. that that's really hard to tell groups that, hey, we, we'd love to have you. We'd bend over backwards to get yeah. you here. But unfortunately, it's just not going to work out because of this. And yeah. so this will open a lot of doors, you know, not just for groups coming in here, but yeah. as a place for the community to come and celebrate. You know, a downtown convention center is a, is a point yeah. of pride, certainly, uh, for the community. And, um, you know, just a rallying place to build more community. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, we had our annual meeting uh, down in Birmingham. And Birmingham is not that much bigger than, I mean, it's a little bit bigger than Lincoln, but not dramatically bigger. Mm-mm. And uh, they, boy, they have poured a lot of money into that. And then they have the USFL team with a stadium right next door. So it's like, hey, competing, you know, we've got parking for everybody, you know, the, right next to the convention center. So uh, I, do you know how long it's going to be until they kind of decide on a location? Is that something in the next six to 12 months that I they think, may? Yeah, so right now as it stands, um, you know, as we get toward the end of the year, kind of taking some of those requests for proposal and things mm-hmm. of that nature, uh, certainly involvement uh, from Lancaster County, uh, as well as the city of Lincoln and mm-hmm. uh, some some other groups that are kind of overseeing this. Assemble Lincoln um, is the name of that group, but they'll start to kind of take into consideration these proposals that they get next year. Start to develop more. You'll see more phases of this CSL study that will kind of come out and mm-hmm. yeah, ultimately decide on a location and where that mm-hmm. looks like right now. Um, I think five is still the, the number that is out there right now, and as far as 
um, you know, possible locations. Uh, don't have any further updates on that, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I did. But well, um, you know, break, you can break it. You know, uh, hot news right here. <laughs> you know, but. I if I had it, I, I would. Trust me, I yeah. would come here first, too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a thing where yeah, next year you'll definitely see a lot of movements on yeah. it in 2024. Yeah. One other thing about develop the city, the way the city develops. I'm I've always I've lived my in Southwest Lincoln pretty much my whole life, and uh, and so we've seen the development in Southwest Lincoln and Southeast Lincoln, and then and then now you've got some amazing stuff happening in Air Park and Fallbrook and come to the Northwest. Um, there, uh, it seems to me like, and I think there there has been great development to the east, but the development to the east is probably. I wonder how much is impacted by the decision on where the east by eventual east bypass would go. Does that even is that just so far out that that really doesn't impact anything right now, or is that something that that actually developers might say, hey, wait, wait, I want to know where this is before I I expand to the east. I think that's fair. I mean, I think you are seeing a lot of developments and expansion out that way. A lot of infrastructure is being put in place right now. You're seeing. Uh, some of the county roads that are being expanded and widened. I mean, you talk about 144th Street. That's that's a street that is definitely <laughs> transformed over the years. Yeah. Um, you look at even just O Street, I mean, which, yeah. which is a highway technically, but yeah. you get east out of Lincoln, that's seeing a lot more development as you head yeah. east out of the city. And so, yeah, I think those questions do remain and certainly a big part of the development issue too uh, that you're seeing now with the South, Belt, South Beltway. There's yeah. opportunities there to develop businesses or, you know, kind of looking to figure out how they can best utilize that and be on a very uh, heavily trafficked um, you know, section of road. Yeah. And so I think that that'll be something to definitely take into consideration for uh, the East Beltway when, when we have our fingers crossed that that uh, comes to fruition. That's yeah. certainly a big part of the Vitality Lincoln plan as well is to get that East Beltway done. It took a long time to get the South Beltway, but mm. hey, it happened. And now this is kind of the next, uh, next piece of the puzzle. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There is developments that's happening in all quadrants of the city. Maybe in years past that wasn't the case as, um, you know, kind of things were being figured out and putting infrastructure in place. But, yeah, mm -hmm. you really are seeing a lot of that growth taking place in, in all of those locations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little running because I, uh, well, we both did the Good Life Havesy and uh, you were a little bit faster than I was. But, uh, <laughs> but, we're, uh, but it's something we've had in common here for the last number of years. And so does that sound good? Talk a little running? Sounds good. We'll All lace right. up the shoes and get ready. Yeah, sounds good. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Chris Whitney. He's with the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, glad to have you along on 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning. Glad to have you along. Talking with Chris Whitney. He's with the Chamber of Commerce. and But he's also, uh, ever since, uh, I don't know, when did you actually start get, getting serious about running? So I got serious about it probably about three and a half years ago. So it would have okay. been about March of 2020. I guess the... Um 
my interest had sort of wavered over the years. Mm -hmm. My first half marathon was in 2010. I ran track and cross country in high school for a couple of years. It was mainly just to participate, but had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Go Southeast Knights, class 2002. What? Yeah, that's right. We got that in common too. We do have that in common. How did I not know that? That's crazy. It's a small, small southeast world, I guess. Now I can, now I can remember that, uh, well, I'm 22 years older than you. Okay. I was I was going to say, yeah, you weren't too many classes ahead of me, but uh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, that was a few. <laughs> that was a few. Class of 80. There we go. So, uh, yeah. And then I taught there for in the mid-80s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that? I did not know that. Ha! Got something. There's a, I, I broke one on Whitney here. You stumped the, me. Uh, yes. the uh, I, I actually taught there from... Uh, uh, Eight, um, 1984 to 1987. Okay. What did you What did you teach? Where were you I, at? Believe it or not, I was an English teacher. I taught, taught sophomore English, and then taught a science fiction class. And oh, I had a great time. Nice. Yeah. By the way, one of the awkward things when you go back to teach at your at your own high school is what to call other teachers. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm walking down the hallway. Did you ever have Mr. Dupuy for uh, for science? He might have been gone by that. time. I think he was gone. He yeah. Was gone by that time. So I'm walking. I'm walking down the hallway. I say, Hey, Mr. Dupuy, and as a teacher. You know, and he's like, he stops me. He says, "Hey, my name is Frank. You call me Frank." You know, so it's like, okay, Frank. It just seemed so weird. It's hard you know? to undo that years of training and everything oh. that you've been told to do for that's, those years. That's right. I'm trying to be respectful. So you ran cross country at Southeast. I did. Yes, I did. Mm. Uh, my senior year, so it had been 2001, um, and then did track the two years. Uh, well, 2001, and then in 2000 as well. Wow, that's that's super cool. Well, so you took a little hiatus and then you kind of got back. Yep. What was it that drew you back? I'm not sure. I think it was something that I, I wish, looking back, even in high school when I was getting into it, that I wish I had done when I was younger. I think that, you know, I think it was a combination of just having already picked out two sports that I was doing. I was playing baseball and basketball. My parents basically had said, you can do two. We don't care which two they are, but mm. two and only two. Yep. And so as somebody who also wanted to dabble in things like soccer and football, yeah. um, those were kind of out the door as well. And so I had friends that were doing cross-country and track as, as freshmen beginning at that time. And so mm. when we would run the mile in PE, I, I did okay with it. I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. Mm. And then I went out for track junior year and did like the first three-mile run in, I think it was March, you know, right before the season started. And I was like, I don't know how you guys do this, like three miles? <laughs> are you kidding me? And then obviously figured out that was a lot more to come. But yeah, yeah I think the... I just always kind of wanted to be good at it um, and wasn't, and it was just very challenging. And I think that, you know, once I got older, I really appreciated the work that goes into it a little bit more. Mm. Uh, the feeling that you get when you're done running is fantastic. I mean, the, it's, I don't know if it's a runner's high necessarily for that reference, but you just feel great. I mean, you feel accomplished. Um, yeah. And just think about all the places that you've been with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about some of your specific uh, the run for MS and all that kind of stuff in a minute, but uh, I, I've never had the runner's high. Never. I must not be trying hard enough. Uh, that's maybe for me too. I don't know. I mean, I felt <laughs> great after races and after runs, but I, I don't think I've quite caught it yet. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you've 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 run harder than I have. There's something. Uh, so uh, one of the questions I always ask runners is, uh, do you like it quiet? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to books? Do you listen to music? <laughs> what, what's your What's your preference? So I'm kind of waffling between all of those right now. Yeah. I I when I was I recently did the Des Moines Marathon, and so training for that in my longer runs, I would switch over to listening to podcasts just because it was something that I could 
you know, put on and, and not really think too much about, just let storytelling kind of go on. So yeah, yeah. listen to things like uh, 99% Invisible or some of the ones from uh, Radio Lab, um, yeah. you know, NPR, things like that. And, uh, you know, some sports podcasts too, um, just to kind of get in a different frame of mind and, and listen to that. Yeah. Sometimes on shorter runs, it is music. Um, and then sometimes it is just not having anything, if you, especially if you're out with a group of friends or a group of other runners where you can either, you know, have conversation or, you know, just kind of take it easy and just chill for a few miles. So I, I kind of go back and forth between all three of them. Yeah. Do you, um, a, a lot of times I, it's funny, I'm a, I'm very much a people person but when I run, I like to be alone. Is that, do you feel that way or are you okay with running in a pack? I'm okay with running in a pack. It just kind of depends on, on the day, I suppose. Um, where, where I'm at, so we, my wife and I live in uh, West Omaha, and so it's just kind of, I guess, where I'm at. A lot of the guys that I run with up there, even the guys that I run with down here, I mean, they're not necessarily around my neighborhood. So yeah. most of the time around the house, it's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. Or maybe it's going to Chalco Recreation Area, which isn't too yeah. far from us, or Lake Zerinsky or whatever. But yeah, yeah I think that... Um, you know, I definitely got into it more just for running by yourself. It's just that alone time. It's that quiet time. You can process yeah. things that are going on throughout yeah. your day or if it's, you know, just part of the routine or both, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I think that I do enjoy that time, but I really do enjoy running with other people too. And it's people that I don't really see all the time necessarily except for going out on runs. And so it's a nice chance to catch up, um, you know, maybe figure out what's going on with them because you don't hear much otherwise other than what run they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a nice, it's nice to kind of switch it up for my end of things. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, uh, you, you've done, uh, several of the market to markets, right? Done two. Yes. Did okay. not do it this past year, but uh, the two years prior to that. Yes. Yes. So the market to market, for those who don't know, is it's a running relay from Omaha to Lincoln. And it's about, I don't know, about 75 miles or whatever. Yep. And that's right. I've got legs that might be three, four, five, sometimes close to six miles, but and then, uh, and then some lucky people get to do three legs, which means you might run pretty much a half marathon yep. right over the course of the day. And you're, you're one of those lucky guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, last year, I did do that. In 2022, I had three. Uh, the first year, the only other year I've done it, 2021, we had a team of six. So I had four. Four legs. Four legs, which uh. was, um, I think, a total of 16 or 17 miles throughout the day. And it was a little warmer that day. I was completely spent by the last one. I can assure yes. you of that. Ah, that is <laughs> what. Now, I, it's funny. I try to explain to people why this is fun. And I, and I describe it as the fastest long day you'll ever have because it is long. I mean, it you is. Know, it's, even if you have a fast team, it's, I don't know, what, going to be? eight, nine hours or something like that. Yeah. It takes a while. I mean, it is just chaos. Yeah. It is the best way to describe it. Not just the running. Cause I think the running's, you know, actually one of the less chaotic things that happens. Yes. But when you talk about shifting people in and out of vans, getting to checkpoints and you've got hundreds of other teams that are trying to do the same yeah. thing along some of these narrow stretches of roads, um, you know, yeah. that are kind of in and around the Mopac trail as you move out of Omaha and yeah. towards Lincoln. But mm -hmm. it is just, is a chaotic mess. It's beautiful in how it works, but you know, uh, it is one of the more fun running experiences. Certainly, I think you know a lot of people ask the question, "Well, why running?" And then you have to explain, "Well, this is fun," and you maybe have to convince people. But <laughs> this is really one of the more fun running events for it, sure. It, there is just something about it that's just—it's highly entertaining. It's just uh, you know, and you're, and of course, you know, you know, it's, it's like most races, right? We're not going to win. But but we're just gonna try to just have a fun time, get some PRs, and 
and just uh, and, and and the camaraderie and the strategy and well, when are you going to eat? When what are you going to drink? How are you going to make sure that you're in your optimal condition? You know, for the at the right time. I don't know why it's fun, but it is. It's just something about it. I think it, it's the, the 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 costumes that other teams might have. Yeah. It's the other teams yeah. just assembled how they are. It's 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 a yeah. lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, gonna one last break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the particular race you've been involved in now for uh, was it three years? The run for MS. Yep, been uh, since 2021. I did. Uh, was being able to take part in it a couple of different times, thankfully. Yes, yes. So we'll talk about that and a few other. Oh, I've got I've got plenty of ideas here, but we'll. Uh, <laughs> what we do need to take one last break. So we'll be right back here on uh, the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred ninety nine three, KLIN. Listen up! I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. Instacart for the win. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking today with Chris Whitney from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and uh, talking a little running as well. Uh, but uh, Chris, it is that time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. So okay. I say to you, plug away. All right. Well, we talked about it earlier um, I'll have two if I can do it real quick. Oh, we'll, lead, got, we'll lead into the you second one. You can have three one. or four if you want. That's fine. <laughs> we'll keep it at two right now. But as I referenced earlier, the Vitality Lincoln Strategic Plan, the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and our partner organizations, um, Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, Visit Lincoln Young Professionals Group, are in on. Head to our website to find out more on that, lcoc.com. And then if you go to the economic strategy area, uh, you'll find that. The key initiatives, the six areas that we're really looking to highlight as far as growth goes uh, for the years to come. And then... Uh, msrunTheUS.org. We'll talk more about mm-hmm. that here in a second, I'm sure, as you'd yeah. alluded to. But um, a great website, a great organization, uh, getting ready for the next year's Relay 2024. The team has been announced. I'm not doing it, but supporting it. I've, I've been able to run the Relay twice in the past few years, and just a great group of people. 21 mm-hmm. segments this year going across the country. It'll come through the Lincoln area, kind of the middle part of June. But uh, each runner running a lot of miles to raise money for a really good organization that helps people out with multiple sclerosis. So msrunthus.org. Gotcha, gotcha. msrunthus.org. Yes, sir. Um, there. Uh, before we get to that, um, you was it about a was it about a year ago or a year and a half ago where you had a you had an injury? I did. Yes, it's it's hard to believe it's been that long. It was on New Year's Eve, actually. Mm. So. That morning was going out for a run um, at Lake Zerinsky out by us, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, I ended up uh, having a pretty severe ankle fracture. I uh, was able to uh, do the, the the rare trio of dislocating it and then also breaking bones on the inside and outside of my right ankle. So, uh. yeah, it was it was pretty nasty. It was. Uh, not to be too gruesome, but you think of some football injuries, and it might have been on, on par with that as far as ankle injuries. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty gross, but thankfully I was able to heal up. Um, you know, did the best six million dollar man. They they rebuilt him, <laughs> and um, you know, eight screws and a plate later in my foot, uh, we've we've gotten back to running. Was only out of it for about twelve weeks, thankfully. You know, it's funny. You you know my audience because we've got a lot of baby boomers out there who know about the six million dollar man. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like. 
You know, now he'd be the $6 billion man. Yeah. But, uh, but back then, $6 million was a lot. Inflation, cost of living, it all adds up, Stu. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's like Dr. Evil, who uh, you know, wants, to, wants <laughs> to get $1 million. And they laugh and, at him. That's and, right. That's right, because he doesn't, he doesn't know how inflation has taken its toll. <laughs> so you're, uh, uh, you've, you've recovered. By the way, Lake Zerinsky, that's where they do the early bird, right? That is right. Yep, 10-miler there at um, kind of that first part of April. And so that is about three or four miles from, from where we live and that's get right. to run up there, nice walking, biking, running trails around yeah. uh, Zerinsky up there. So either there or Chalco, that's where I kind of spend. If I'm looking to do a longer run and I'm not on one of the, the flatter trails around there, that, that's mm. kind of where I'm going to be. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, uh, it's funny, they have... Uh, the uh, Pinkerilla folks, and this is not a shameless plug for them. It's just they they do a lot of events, and they they do a good event. But they uh, they started that early bird, and I'm pretty sure that it's ten miles because if you're training for the half marathon, the Lincoln half, that that you're going to hit about that ten mile mark in your training mm-hmm. about that time. That's when, right. When they do the thing, right? Yep, that's about right. So it's it's like, hey, I could do it on my own, or I could do it in a at, a, at an event at a race. Um, so run. Uh, uh, MS Run the U.S. Uh, remind us how you got involved in that, and uh, and again what that uh, what that's looked like for your personal participation. So my mom has had multiple sclerosis um, for about the last thirty, well, close to you know thirty five, forty years, nineteen. Um, 88, 89, I think was when she was diagnosed. And mm-hmm. that's had a profound impact on, on her life. And as an extension of that, uh, you know, mine, my brothers, my dad's and our family's um, life is um, she's been wheelchair bound now for about 25 or about 20 years or so um, at this mm-hmm. point. But um, yeah, it, it, it's been hard to see that. Um, and fortunately, there's an organization that I, I came across that must run the U.S. And it, it's basically what they do. They run across the country. It's a relay that each person runs a specific part of the country. It starts in California and goes all the way to New York City. And each person raises money along with that. And so each person is responsible for raising about $10,000. Just kind of depends on the strength of each person and what they can do. But all of that money goes to grants that the organization doles out mm-hmm. to people that have MS. They might need um, you know, home improvements, a wheelchair, um, you know, some better access to medication, things of that nature. Um, and so it was really important to come across that organization. I, I'd remembered hearing and seeing stories when it was doing this in years past. Uh, the first relay was in 2013. Um, and so in 2020, when I got back into running, I, I remembered this and I saw a story when they were doing it that year. It was, it was a virtual event in 2020, as a lot of things were. But mm. so I thought, okay, this would be something really cool to do someday. I don't know if I can run you know, six marathons in six days, as it would turn out to be um, in 2021 and then in 2023 when, I, when I've done it twice. But I thought, okay, maybe, maybe we can do this. But so mm-hmm. I, I just woke up one day, I think it was September 2020. I was like, I'm going to apply for this. We'll see where it goes. And they interviewed me and selected me for the team. So I, I trained up for it in 2021, had a great time running from Ray, Colorado to Holdridge, Nebraska, and then didn't really kind of I had kind of a rough year running in 2022 but then 2023 was going to be better it was going to be awesome I was going to do it again and then I got injured so there was all kinds of questions on am I going to be healthy enough to do this is this going to work um unfortunately I was I mean I I think that was a big motivator for me in terms of my rehab getting back into running and um you know having that light at the end of the tunnel so to speak because I was able to first run again on April 1st 
and my segment started on you know early part of June. So the first month of April was just remembering how to run again, uh, and then I had basically a month to train up for this thing that um, you know is pretty ridiculous in its own right. But then you have <laughs> those uh, those complications into it. It was it was pretty tough, but you know thankfully we got we got through it and had another great time. You know the there a big part of running is mental, just to convince yourself that you can do things. But there is, I mean, especially when you've had an injury like that, trying to get your get your stride back and and feel confident that your your ankle in this case can handle things. How how much mental stress did that put on you? In addition to the usual mental stress of I've got to go a really long distance. I'm not sure when it exactly happened, but I think there was a point when I first got back into running where. I was completely confident in my ankle holding up. I, I, I ran with a brace for a long time, even after the the, ra- the relay was done for MS Run, when my segment was completed. I ran with a brace probably up until early part of September, I would say. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it was just thinking I'd be confident with that. I was confident with the brace. I knew I would be fine, but eventually it got to the point where the brace kind of would rub on my leg and would kind of hurt a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty heavy-duty ankle brace, you know. It laces mm-hmm. up and everything and adds a little bit of bulk with it. But, um, yeah, a lot of it is, you know, those first few steps. Can I do this? I remember the first mm-hmm. ones I took on the treadmill. It was just – it was so weird to go mm-hmm. and do it again after months of not being able to do it. And even just kind of things like, oh, you're going to cross the street, maybe just a little half jog to get across the street. Those were things that I had to think twice about, you know, once, mm-hmm. uh, once the injury happened and all of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was quite the road back. It's, uh, that's maybe a story for another day, but um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of doubt early, but once you kind of got back to it and trusted the work of the surgeon, the, the physical yeah. therapist that I worked with, um, yeah, it all, it all made sense. That's for yeah. sure. There, I would assume also that uh, that the run, uh, the MS Run the U.S. Uh, event is also. I mean, it is obviously very physical, physically taxing. Yes, but well, there's because okay, so we're not questioning that. But there's <laughs> but there's also just a mental, um, the, the mental game of doing this m- days in a row. Yes, uh, how, is there a way to prepare for that mentally, or do you just kind of? Just say, okay, I'm digging in and somehow we're going to get it done. I think that's exactly what it is. You know, you just, you realize that this is for something bigger. Um, You know, people run for all kinds of causes. One of the big inspirations for me growing up, um, you know, even the last few years, um, you know, shameless plug here for Jack on KLIN when he would do his walks across Lincoln. That Mm -hmm. that seemed so cool to me that he was able to do this for a great Mm -hmm. cause every year. Um, and then somebody like Andy Hoffman, you know, with Team mm-hmm. Jack. He was somebody that I don't think was a runner before, but he participated in the Boston Marathon. He mm-hmm. ran all these causes, you know, all these races to to raise awareness for the cause of pediatric brain cancer. And I was just so impressed by that. And I thought, you know, if these people can go out and do this and other people can go out and raise money, raise awareness for these causes. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something that, that I should have been doing, mm-hmm. you know, for my mom because it's had such an important impact on not only my life, but obviously her life, um, you know, our family's lives, and unfortunately millions of other people that have had, you know, family members or friends with MS. Yeah. And so it was just something that's, you know, once you get going, maybe it's, t- it's tough. It's, it, it's one of those things where, okay, I can suck it up and get over this hill. I, I'm not feeling great, but you know what? I get to do this. I don't have to do yeah. this. I get to do this. Yes. It's a privilege, and it's something that a lot of people would love to do but can't. Yes, yes. There, uh, I, uh, that's one of the things I, I, a lot of times I, I think and I process stuff and I pray sometimes when I'm out running and, w- and one of my first prayers is always, thank you God for legs that work. Yes. Cause there are a lot of people who love to be doing this and they can't. I was, uh, I've got about, 
well, I'll, another real quickly, I, I, I saw somebody on the trail once who obviously had had a stroke or something like that, but they're, by golly, they were, they were working it. They were just, they kept moving. And I thought, okay, what have I got to complain about? You know, I got a couple of wobbly knees, mm-hmm. but they're, they're literally like limping down the trail because they want to do this. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, it is. And, and I think, I don't know who exactly said this, initiated the quote, but, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's it's nice to see all the fast runners, elite runners go, yeah. but it's really the people who are just giving it their all that are not fast, maybe, but are just yeah. giving it everything they have and putting it out there all the time. Those are the people that are most impressive. That's, that's a great note to end on. Thanks for being here, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you, all Stu. Right. In the meantime, think about it, talk about it. We'll see you next week.